You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, we are back again, your Metal and High Heels podcast. Uh, this is our episode number 91 already. Ooh. And yeah, I'm not alone here. So my name is Steffi and I'm here today with Pia. Hello. And I'm Kiki. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey. Nice that you're here. And uh, yeah, we want to talk today about our beloved Amidst festivals. <laughs> Um, but not that we are missing them due to the pandemic. But um, how is it to be as a woman uh, at metal festivals, uh, as as a guest, as a visitor, but also um, as artist? Um, yes. So, women in metal festivals is the topic of our episode today, and yeah. First of all, I maybe just want to ask you, uh, how do you feel as a woman on a metal festival? Because, yeah, if <laughs> if we're honest, there are just always more men than women. So it's not like equal 50-50%, but more like, mm, well, I would say 70 or 80 to 30-20% uh, men and women. And, um, yeah, do you ever like feel it or mention it or do you remember a situation where it's well maybe not important but you just feel it <laughs> kiki do you want to start um i do think i've felt it and i and i have noticed it um just walking around the festival grounds or the festival grounds um and seeing how not how I'm not seeing <laughs> so many as many women as as there are men um I'm thinking right now of uh, big festivals like uh, Wacken and Hellfest and I think there is um that is that is noticeable there for sure I don't want to go into the into my personal feelings about that yet, but just stating the facts um, in my experience to the festivals that I have been going to in the past, oof, many many years. <laughs> um, I do think that is a reality. I do think that it has also changed with time, but. Uh, yeah, I'm right now struggling to find punctual examples. This pandemic feels like ages. We need festivals now. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, of course, I noticed that there were mostly men at festivals, but that was never something that bothered me because, um, to be honest, being around women always was a bit distressing for me. I preferred um, being around guys and not being around women because maybe also because um, my parents raised me. How can I say that in English? Um, my parents didn't raise me as a woman and my parents didn't raise me as a man. They raised me very neutral. <laughs> so I think I just, didn't have some of the issues that a lot of young women have, like you have to look nice, you have to take care of everybody and stuff like that. So I never had that. And so because of that, I couldn't understand some of the problems. And that, to be honest, for me was a bit distressing. So I always felt good in mixed groups, or I also never had a problem with being the only woman in the group. And um, because of my acne, my adult acne that I had until I was, I don't know, in my late 20s, I never really dressed, uh, I, I never really showed a lot of skin and stuff like that. So what I was doing was I also dressed like a guy. 
I remember situations where I entered the festival ground and I was wearing sunglasses and I wore a cowboy hat and um, army trousers and a white shirt. And um, normally in the front, there are the security men who control you. And as a woman, you pass them and then there are some women who control you. And it happened to me sometimes that the guy started <laughs> to control if I carry weapons or stuff like that <laughs> because they didn't recognize that I'm a woman. So, um, yes, I noticed it, but for me, it was more a benefit than a problem. How was it for you, Steffi? Um, it never felt for me as a problem neither. Uh, it's more like, yeah, of course I noticed it. Um, I feel very comfortable, uh, if I'm just around by guys with guys because mostly I can just interact with them in a very relaxed way and so it's pretty cool and we can drink beer and yeah <laughs> that's it um yeah and on the other hand then if I meet women on festivals uh mostly I can also with them interact very fast and it's more like <clears throat> yeah like instant instant friendly you know like Oh, yeah. we are allies. You have a connection. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. We're allies. We are both women here on the festival ground. That's nice. And um, so that uh, can also be just kind of a, of a positive effect. And uh, hey, let's remember we also met at a festival. <laughs> um, True story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so kind of uh, connecting. Um, yeah, it's for me, it was not, not like a problem of course i mentioned somehow that the guys are a little bit flirty but i don't think that has anything to do with the um how many men and women are there i don't think that that is the reason why they start flirting i think that's more just like alcohol and festival mood uh, stuff and yeah and uh, most of them are, yeah, I'm quite positive about it because most of them are also kind of very respectful. And it's more like, who, your girl, you're here. You're listening to mm -hmm. metal. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and so they treat you mostly, that's just my personal experience, in a quite respectful place, uh, place, in a quite respectful way. Um, yeah. So I'm also totally fine with it. and. Yeah. On the other hand, it was just never different. And that is just how, so I, I never went to, or just more than one day to a festival, which is not metal. So you can also say somehow, I don't know it another way. <laughs> If I'm having more than one day, more than an afternoon at festival ground, then I'm surrounded with more women. So no compar uh, comparison somehow. What do you think about these girls camping, uh, girls only camping areas? For example, Nova Rock has one of has one camping area, and there's it's only allowed for you as a woman to uh, camp there, and yeah, no men have access to that area, so they are yeah, just just one. I think it's a good thing that that exists because um, it's a safe space. And especially when you're very young, so you can go to a festival at a very young age with 16, 17, I don't know. And when you're in a group with only women of that age, then you're an easy target. And in the in the episode that we did with the two women of Nuclear Blast, we already said that 10% of the people are assholes. And that also... Um, That's also the case at a metal festival. There will be 10% assholes. And yeah, you if you are there at your first festival only with your female friends, something might happen to you. And so um, I think it's a good way, or if I would have, my first festival would have been at a young age and I would have gone there with a female friend, then I would have preferred to camp at a girls only camping ground because yeah, you are protected there. You can go there 
whenever you want and you know, okay, nobody can follow me here. And even if someone um, tries to get close to you at the festival ground or something, you always know that there is a place where you can go to and where you can't be followed by them. So I think it's a very good thing that something like that exists. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm also thinking that a lot of the festivals we've gone to, we we've kind of had that, or at least there were at least a few where we stayed at the, um, I don't know, VIP camping or press camping space. Mm -hmm. And that was already, that already felt very safe. Um, I'm also thinking that this, that, that might be marketed, uh, is not the best word, but towards, um, women or female identifying people who want, who are going to the festival alone and don't have that kind of safe space that a group provides. Because that is also what what makes us feel safe, uh, right? Having having a, a crowd mm -hmm. with which uh, one hangs out. At I remember the first time I went to Wacken ten years ago. Um, <laughs> I went there. I went there alone, but found my friends there. They had already. Uh, it was a very spontaneous thing on my part. Um, I had a group of friends who had already been there for like two days or something. And on the Thursday of the festival, I just went there and just finding them at night already was like, okay, if I don't find them quickly, <laughs> I'm going to start <laughs> to get nervous. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, um, we've said this before, metalheads are friendly and um, it was... It was all right. I didn't feel as in danger as I would feel in, I don't know, at a club alone or, you know, I come from a dangerous city. <laughs> I know what to, you know, what it feels like. <laughs> but, um, but still that kind of uh, walking, walking through these kilometers um, of camping grounds uh, with people that had already been drinking and, um, you know, were loud, etc. We're partying. Um, it did feel, it did feel a little bit, um, I, I would have felt maybe safer if I knew, okay, this is, this is my safe space. I'm protected right now, even if I'm not surrounded by people I know. Um, but of course, Of course, all of these are just coping mechanisms to help us um, find our way, not find our way, but help us protect ourselves and feel safer in these very flawed structures, societal structures that are in place right now, right? We shouldn't need a safe space. We shouldn't need, you know, all of the all of the coping mechanisms that women have invented invented over over the ages, right? The the whole "text me when you're home" message, the whole, um, you know, we go we go to the toilet in twos and we uh, we keep an eye on each other's drinks when we're out partying and all of that kind of thing, right? We should all be just free to enjoy ourselves without having to take all of these extra uh, safety measures. We shouldn't need a women's camping. That's true. <laughs> But that shouldn't keep festival organizers away from um, doing more of that. Because, yeah, I th still think it's a very good thing, especially when you go to a festival alone. Right. As you said, um, in a group, you have your safe space around you. You have people that you know, and you know that these people wouldn't harm you or <laughs> hopefully not. Um, and when you go or as a woman, I think I wouldn't go to a festival alone when there wouldn't be a, a women's camping ground. But if I 
wouldn't find anybody who would go to a festival with me and I would know, okay, there is this woman's camping ground, then I think I would go because I know that this is a place where uh, I am protected and I think that I would also easily make friends around there or more easy than on a normal campground. So it's also a place to connect to, um, yeah, basically find each other <laughs> in this massive group of men. <laughs> yeah, that's also a good point. Yeah, as I yeah. already say, like, um, yeah, you're kind of allies if you meet other girls, a woman. Yes. Um, yeah, I can also imagine that there are more of these, uh, yeah, women girls which who want to go um uh, who are not who don't have friends in in their yeah surrounding who are also listening to that kind of music but they want to go and um yeah it's kind of connecting place if you want to mm -hmm. say so yeah and yeah i think also it's a quite good idea and the point that we just shouldn't need it Definitely, yes. On the other hand, um, there's always alcohol. Um, it's a fucking drug which can make you a very bad person <laughs> at some time. Or maybe just the bad person's even worse. I don't know. Um, the person is there before. The alcohol only makes it come out easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But on the other hand, I don't... Would call the person like he's an asshole if he know how to control himself yeah but then he wouldn't drink <laughs> ah, point okay <laughs> yeah good that point is, that is a whole other topic <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that's true <laughs> um uh, but yeah it's uh, with all kinds of feminist um topics My point is always uh, not yet. Like the time is not not done yet, and we're just we're just on the way to develop society. And um, also that point. So maybe also maybe there are more women who like metal and going to metal festivals. But it's it has such a fucking it's such a fucking cliche that there are just drunken men on on the camping area. So I think. Lots of women are, or maybe not lots, but many are, who are maybe not a hundred percent hardcore metalhead, but just yeah, yeah, I like the music. Yeah, I would like to check it out, a, a festival like that. But they just maybe don't want to go because of that cliche. There are only drunk men, and so yeah, not that nice. Um, and so For another that, point. Sorry. Yeah, and so these safe areas might be also a good way to get more women to the festivals. Mm -hmm. I agree. And also, um, sometimes the women are quite young. So if you're under 18 years old in Germany and in other countries it's even older, then you need the permission of your parents or they can forbid you to go there. And if you are... Uh, in that age where your parents can forbid you to go there and you know there is this women's camping area, then your parents might allow you at an earlier age to go there because they know, okay, there is this safe space. Um, my daughter is not sleeping on a very, very huge camping ground with so many drunken men <laughs> or next to so many drunken men. I think that's also another point that um, brings younger women to a festival or gives them the opportunity to go because otherwise parents wouldn't allow them to go. But True. yeah, that's a very important point because I always felt safe at a festival, but I was there always with a group of people and always with a mixed group of people. And so, yeah, I, I just can't tell if it would be, would have been different if I would have been there with only women in a group. But I think um, I think it would have been different. I'm pretty sure about that. Maybe. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, do you have anything to add to that specific point? Or otherwise, I would go and go to another one. Kiki is uh, looking at her smartphone, I think. <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, girls camping out Nova Rock to put it in the show notes because it is actually a, a cool thing. Yeah, I agree with everything that you were saying. Um, also, I was just thinking, um, just like a side note, you know, the whole thing about feeling safe around other men is also uh, a complicated sexism thing, you know, uh, and this is a little bit uh, further away from the subject at hand, but, um, you know, there's this thing when, um, when you're alone uh, as a woman or alone and then suddenly uh, a guy starts uh, hitting on you and he will just not take no for an answer. And until you say something like, I have a boyfriend or I have a partner or something like that. And then they finally back off. And they listen to the man that is not there more than to exactly. the woman who is there. The thing is, that is their internalized sexism. And to to put it very uh, simplistically and very um, exaggerated, maybe, the thing is, they respect not you as a woman saying no. They respect you as the property of another guy. So they respect the guy that is your partner. And so they leave you alone out of respect for this other dude. And mm -hmm. that is a fact and so we as women have then developed this other coping mechanism it's all about coping mechanisms until this thing changes us as, as steffi said um and so we invent boyfriends out of thin air or partners that don't exist to finally make other guys back off and so it's kind of the same when you're you know at a festival and you're walking around with a group of guys you're probably just friends you might be Who knows, right? But you feel protected because you know other, uh, again, putting things exaggerating uh, in, in an exaggerating form. Um, because quote unquote predators will know you're with them and the, out of respect for them, they won't come after you. Mm -hmm. So it's, but that actually does give us like the feeling of safety. Is everything is just so complicated and 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 weird, but um, yeah, I mean that is how we work right now, how things function right now. Did you ever do that, inventing boyfriends and partners? Because as so you, many times, because I never did it, and I just wanted. Me neither. <laughs> it was just like I don't know, but. Many people, I don't know if it's a new thing or it have ever been, but like I can look very evil, <laughs> that I can have a very evil look on my face. And so maybe there was enough with a combination with a no, thank you. Uh, but because I know the story and I think many of my female friends did it also while partying, also because it's just easier. And if you just say that, I think that's the more important way, not like the no is not accepted, but it's just like easier to say, no, sorry, I've got a partner, but to no, and then just start like a discussion with that fucking guy. Who, oh, but why not? And no, but no. And um, <laughs> yeah, very weird situation, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to ask you if you ever did that trick <laughs> you have a you have a good point um i think for me personally it also uh came from maybe um shyness or insecurity i i could never like say the words no i'm not interested by but when they won't accept the the no thank you the polite no thank you i i did record to the to the thing um It was it was it was actually uh, funny. Uh, uh, sometimes, for example, I was out with girlfriends, and and then we said we were together, as in as in we are in a relationship. We're dating right now. This is our date. Leave us alone. Not even that. Not even that worked. 
Wow. Ja, so. Um, the funny thing is, I never did that. So I never said, uh, no, I have a boyfriend. What I did when I was younger was that I asked the guy how old he is. And then I said, you're too old for me. That worked <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I also meant it because I was in my early 20s. And if a guy started flirting with me and he was older than 30, I was like, well, you're far too old for me. What do you want with me? And um, yeah, then that mostly helped. <laughs> but Steffi, I think you and I, we are very tall. Um, and we are also very sporty. So I think that keeps some guys away <laughs> or especially being tall, um, gives you another kind of respect sometimes or of some people. So when you're smaller, it's even more difficult because yeah, you, we might look stronger <laughs> even if we maybe are not, but we might, yeah, that might, um, that might help or might have helped if that's true if the theory is true that's <laughs> even sadder <laughs> 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 really <laughs> that's uh oh you look like you can beat me uh, okay no okay no 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 i don't want to play with you what the fuck <laughs> yeah but to come back to the point i also didn't do that and i didn't really have to do it but again i most of the time i was partying with a group where also or with a mixed group or with a group of guys so yeah maybe that's a big point in there in there <laughs> all right so uh switching topics <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> all right might be useful to have a woman's quota on stage like there needs to be i don't know 20 percent of artists or in the best case of course 50 percent um who are women uh playing on stage yeah what do you think about that does it make sense or is it just bullshit or whatever i think that it does make sense because um representation leads to more Yeah, lead to more people who also do that because um, you have this this mechanism also in racist structures. So, um, for example, I read about a story about a black kid who went to the USA um, with his father um, for holidays, and there he saw a um, black policeman, and he asked his father, "Oh." I can be a policeman. And he was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, because uh, I never saw a black policeman in my home country. So <laughs> this mechanism is so strong. And most of the time we don't even realize this because it's so internalized. And we learned that from, from the very beginning of our lives. Um, and because of that, representation is so important. And that's also um, when it comes to jobs also to leading positions in jobs. I do think we need a quote for that. I don't like if you call it a women's quote. I'd like to call it gender quote. I don't know if that's the correct word in English, but I think um, a company should always go for at least 40% of one sex on every level of leadership also, so that you have at least 40% men or 40% women in leadership and Yeah, 60% of the other sex if we go for um, men and women only because um, counting in the diverse people would be another story. But um, yeah, without wanting to, to trigger someone, if I go for the binary system, then I'd say you need at least 40% of one and then you can have 60% of the other in every position at the, in the low positions and also in the big positions um saying that i won't i would not like to call it a woman's quote is also that i think there are many jobs where mostly women work where we need more men um so i would also like to see more men working in the whole um, care sector and 
I would like to have a man's quote in there. <laughs> That's why I call it a gender quote. And um, I am aware that you can't just go there and say, yeah, we need now 40% women on stage because there are not so many female musicians that would, or that you could book in, um, as the, as a festival organizer, but you can go, uh, you can book more from year to year. You can give yourself, um, the, you can tell yourself, okay, this year it has to be 10%, next year I want 12, then 15, and so on. And from this representation, there will be more women who say, oh, I can also play the guitar, I can also play the drums, and I can be in a band and play there on stage. But as a young woman, if you never see a woman on stage, you automatically think, okay, that's not my business. I can be here as a fan, but I can't be there on stage. Mm -hmm. The same, um, we shouldn't only look at who's on stage, but also who works in the background. And that's also something that would lead to more women being musicians if there would be more female technicians and more female stagehands and stuff like that. So if there would be also more women in the background. Yeah, I <laughs> one at a point, which is not straight in the line, but... Um... As you said, I can be here as a fan. I just remember a very weird situation. That was maybe one of my weirdest uh, situations, which are kind of sexism. Uh, I was at a yeah, kind of small concert yeah, in a club, a local metal band. It's just nothing big. Uh, but I liked the music and I was just in the mood and I, yeah, I just head banged and had lots of fun and energy in front of the stage. And then somebody just asked me, hmm, are you a girlfriend of one of these guys, of the band guys? <laughs> I was like, <"Hey>, what? <laughs> yeah, so uh, are you, I mean, just why are you here and you're, you're probably so hard or what? And so, no, no, man. <laughs> I just like the music. <laughs> just like the music it, it, it was so weird, but I was just so confused also in that moment. It was, eh? And yeah, it, it took me some time <laughs> to just notice what happened because, yeah, it, it was just confusing. But that was, yeah, after thinking about it, it was just like, what the fuck? It's like mm -hmm. not normal as a girl to party hard to a metal band? What? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, okay. Just little side note story of my mm. experience. Yeah, but that's also part of the whole story, basically. Yeah, somehow, definitely. And yeah, about the woman's quota. Um, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I have very mixed feelings about it because I did not like to invite bands just because there are women playing but maybe the music is not that good uh, or also the genre doesn't fit to the festival maybe that's also possible just only because i say as a festival organizer okay i want my 20 percent i want to reach my 20 percent i also will invite that hard rock band with a woman on microphone or whatever uh, at the guitar but it just doesn't fit in the lineup at all that is yeah that's a point where for me it's just nope that doesn't make any sense but that's another part of the problem um there when you think about hiring a woman then there is very often the sentence when she's good enough You would never say that when you're talking about men. Mm -hmm. uh, when you think about hiring a man for a job, you never say, oh, when he's good enough, yeah, why not? But if he's not good enough, no. But that's always the standard. So why do people always have to say this only when it comes to women? That's a very, very big problem. Uh, yes, but no. <laughs> I think I sound like more uh old school than i am but uh well don't mind for the discussion um but you then, were also thinking about genres right yeah yeah exactly so that genre point 
that it just doesn't fit in the lineup would be a point for me. And the point of of woman needs to be good. Um, lost my thought. <laughs> ah, okay, uh, I think that the point of quality is also a point of the opportunities because there are just in in ratio there are just more men so you can pick the best uh, but if you have just a very small pool of women or just not men uh and you want to uh fulfill your quota your goal your target and then you need to get them all you know what i mean uh, a bit but i also think you you just have to try harder to find a band with with a woman in it in your specific genre so i also think it's not a good idea to say oh i invite a band from a genre that doesn't fit to my festival at all just because there is a woman in it but why just not invite a band that is maybe not so famous but in this genre and with a woman why not yeah it's it, i didn't thought about the how famous they are about the fame of the band or how many fans they already have uh but more like i don't know maybe it's just a bullshit example uh but the festival organizer just noticed in in the neighborhood town there is a metal band and there's a woman playing guitars and so he asked them because you want to have the woman on stage that's definitely your point of yeah just try it harder guy <laughs> <laughs> because yeah so, uh, yeah and i also need to add of course that that band from the neighbor town is not that good <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah i have just mixed feelings i think that's a question you need to ask a festival organizer how it hard how hard it might be but also how they just pick their their lineup the bands playing at festival do they just have any criteria uh for choosing them and or is it just is it about the fan base how big the fan base is so yeah more visitors might come to the festival of course buying tickets uh or is it about the genre is it about the music quality is it about personal taste i don't know might be interesting to uh listen to that from the festival organizers themselves um while we are on the subject of being good for a girl <laughs> that is an amazing <laughs> podcast by uh courtney laplante from spirit box um, the podcast is called Good for a Girl, and the interviews with these uh, women in the music industry are really, really interesting, and they go through a lot of these topics. So check that out. I will post the link in the show notes, um, which, as always, you can find at metal-end-highheels.com slash podcast 91 for this episode specifically. And while we were talking, <clears throat> I've been... I've been looking for this for for a, one article that I can link to for a while, but a few weeks ago there was this whole thing about uh, Rock am Ring, this huge German festival, announcing their lineup for 2022 now, so for next year, and out of um, and well, the lineup contained 107 musicians or acts and seven of those were included female musicians and that is just really really mind-blowing um mind-blowingly bad and after there was a huge uh, backlash about that on social media they released a statement saying that uh, what you just said that there are just not enough women and um and then in response to that these uh german movement 
composed of uh, several different um, institutions and or, well, partners, but especially She Said So. And uh, She Said So defines themselves as a community of women and gender minorities in the music industry, a global community of women and gender minorities in the music industry. And there is the, then there is Key Change EU. Um, Key Change is uh, an initiative born, I think, from the German Repaban Festival. Festival. Uh, my pronunciation is a little bit of place. Um, Repaban Festival. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this, I think it's like electronic and pop music um, uh, that that festival is actually all about, but in Hamburg. But anyway, they uh they are working together with the European Union and with several foundations and they brought out this uh, key change movement and i want to read to you a little bit so the key change pledge so the response to the rock and ring statement was here are all of these bands that you could include in your lineup which have uh female musicians and other gender um identities and also, it would be great if you signed our pledge. And the pledge says the following. The Key Change Pledge has already had a huge impact on the music industry. Uh, it offers an effective tool and tailored support to increase representation throughout the music world. Festival venues, promoters, booking agents, record labels, companies, organizations, education institutes, broadcasters. We encourage everyone to take the Key Change Pledge and work with us towards gender-balanced music industry. And so. When you take this pledge, uh, you make a commitment to, for example, use 5050 a uh, target of four composers commissioned and or number of players in orchestras. Concert halls uh, could look at lineups on stage or other aspects of their organization, senior staff, backstage staff, etc., so that that is more bal ba balanced as well. Conservatories, uh, looking at students, lectures, senior staff teams, uh, live music programs, etc., and look then as well, agents, publishers, broadcasters, publications, and just everybody um, take a minute to include more women and other gender identities into their staff and crew and everything. And they don't just tell you to, uh, you know what, look at yourself and do this work of finding um, more diverse people for your um, workplace. They also uh, have a huge network of um, acts and uh, experts who you could hire or who could help you with that. They also, um, so KeyChange also offers mentoring programs for bands and musicians and also in alliance with She Said, so she said that so and all of these are really great initiatives um so i'm gonna link all of those in the show notes as well so that you could get informed if you are thinking i mean if you are a booker or or a, or a festival organizer um and are thinking of including more diverse identities into your lineups um or your rosters then i'm sure you can help you can find some help there and um yes that's everything i wanted to say um and what i wanted to say my point was <laughs> that there are a lot of people working towards uh, a balanced and equal music industry out there and we can the least we can all do is get informed and educate ourselves and look a little bit further, make a little bit more effort and not just say, there's just not enough women out there because that is just not true. We saw that in events like a Female Metal Event and Metal Female Voices Fest. Those are already efforts into making the women in metal more visible. And of course, there is always, um, when we talk about these quotas uh, you were discussing, there is also always the danger of going into the place of tokenism 
um, you know, like, oh, I included one woman in my lineup. Yeah, now nobody can throw a shitstorm at me because I've done my job, so to speak. We then also heard a lot of stories of um, bands with female musicians that were rejected from lineups because the lineup had already included a woman. And so that was their token woman and no other woman was allowed. Marcela Bobbio from uh, Extreme of Passion ta uh, told us her experience with that in an interview in 2017, in that last interview with Stream of Passion, I think, at exactly Female Metal event. Um, so I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. And um, that is also that danger. And that is something that just should not happen. Um, anyway, there are all of these efforts so that I do think that we are seeing a shift and a change and a good development, but it is still, it is still so little. And uh, as Pia was saying before, visibility and representation are super, super important. And the amount of, um, the amount of, of diversity that we're seeing now is probably going to take effect and we'll, we will probably see it in maybe 10, 15, 20 years from now, we might see that diversity that we want to reach on the festival stages, but we have to start now. We have to start making, making that visible and, and, um, and offering that representation so that, as you were saying, so that little girls who rock at the drums and at the guitars and all other instruments and uh, vocals as well, that they just think, Shit, I can do that too. And that was the case for me. When I when I first my first encounter with Evanescence was like, wow, women can rock? What? I want to do that too. Um so, representation yeah. is normalizing. Yes. <laughs> and that is really, really important for us to change all of these societal structures that we are criticizing. So there you go. We have criticized and we have also offered um solutions. solutions. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm on the subject, and before I forget, um, there are a lot of really cool uh, Instagram accounts that I recommend for the sake of visibility and normalization, a lot of people to follow as well. Uh, magazines like Sheesh Reds, a magazine for female guitar and bass players. They are awesome. They post these videos. They are so amazing. And um, Women in Music Theory or Female Music Theory. I'm going to look that up and, and link that as well. Um, there are just these awesome videos of female musicians performing. It's just, it's just really cool to see. And another thing, people out there, what you can do to normalize women in metal, female musicians, is when someone asks you um, to name some good guitar players, Don't say, well, there is this guy, this guy, this guy. And there are also some women, this, this, and that. Just mix them. Just say there is this guy, this woman, this man, this woman. Like, yeah, like make it equal. <laughs> don't focus on the gender. You don't have to mention it. You can just say, well, Nita Strauss is a very good guitar player or Nicole from Kalias is a very good guitar player. You can just say that. You can just mention them along with Alexi Laiho as a very good guitar player and so many other men who are good guitar players just yeah very good male guitar players you have to say very important. <laughs> it's a male guitar player yes <laughs> <laughs> that's by the way a very good strategy if something that you say about a woman sounds strange when you say the same thing about a man then you shouldn't say it mm -hmm. do it like to keep the the discussion ongoing because <laughs> i have a, a very stupid question <laughs> <laughs> i think i said everything that i wanted to say <laughs> okay <laughs> and kiki also said a lot of yeah <laughs> a lot of important stuff we could um mention some really uh, some other um women who are in social media and stuff like that but i think we can also link some of them in the show notes um if you're from germany i recommend that you follow laura from the tex avery syndrome she also is a, a sound engineer i think um 
And she also posts a lot of stuff like that. She also had a very cool statement on this whole women representation at festivals uh, topic. And there are so many others <laughs> that you can follow. Yes, exactly. Talking about sound engineering and producers as well. I have mentioned this before, at least in, in discussions of the three of us or conversations of, from the three of us. Anna Murphy from uh, Cellar Darling and former Eluvaitie is also a music producer. So if, you have, if you're ever looking for a producer, um, book a woman. Why not? <clears throat> What you were saying before, Pia, about about companies and uh, institutions, etc., having um, at least 40% of everything um, is a, a very good point. And I think, I think it's just, we don't think enough about how enriching um, these other perspectives can be. Mm -hmm. um because when we when we talk about male dominated fields um like also for example software programming or uh, automobile the automobile in industry and all of that uh, sort there is this a book from the author The author's name is Caroline. I'm forgetting her last name, but I will link that in the show notes uh, because I know my brother read, read her book <laughs> recently. And she talks about all of the, or she writes about all of the things, and there are a lot of viral videos from her out there as well. Um, all of the technology that has been developed by men and inadvertently also for men. And so then female bodies are just, uh, they can't, really use them as well or they don't benefit as much right like the 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 seat belt in your car is actually designed even the the dummies that that they use for the crash testing they are made in you know in um uh they are made like male bodies and so uh, even you know driving or or being driven in a car is a little bit more dangerous for for uh, people with female bodies. And that's the same with music instruments, which is something I look forward to discussing maybe in the podcast in the future um, with a person that, uh, a guest that I've already contacted um, and, um, and all of those things. And so also software de developing and all of these things that are being made mainly by men, if your target audience is also um female identifying or female bodied uh then you should have female identifying and female bodied persons in your team so that they can tell you which problems they should they could encounter while using your product so just in a very capitalistic uh <laughs> perspective you know you and your company benefit a lot by making your teams diverse and integrating all of these different perspectives into your uh your product development and um and yeah so it's not only just you know uh integration for the sake of integration or diversity but it's also because we can all benefit from from our different stories and our different perspectives and um yeah the world is just so much better when we all get heard so now let's hear <laughs> Steffi's stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. I'm surprised that you still want it. Uh, well, uh, I just thought about um, if there are, like, uh, you mentioned, Kiki, that the token effect for women, like, I want to have one woman in my band and then I'm fine um, or especially about these uh, that hated uh, topic like female fronted band um, somehow it feels like the the band the guys in the background are kind of invisible it's just like everybody's focused on the woman especially if she's singing 
I think it's not so hard if um, they're playing instruments like keys, guitars, drums, whatever. Um, but it's always like kind of an eye catcher, you know what I mean? And the guys just doesn't matter. They are just they're just there. They're just guys. <laughs> Nobody cares about them. Isn't it kind of unfair for men if the women are so much more in focus? On an individual level, not of course not 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 in a whole because of the of the ratio we already talked about that, but on that individual level that it's harder for men getting like a personality on stage as it is for women. I don't think so um, first of all, talking about fairness, well um. <laughs> maybe you get recognized more easily as a woman in a band than as a man in a band, but you have so many other benefits from being a man in the world that that doesn't count a lot. And um, if you want this attention as a man in a band, you can get a very colorful hair, you can wear a dress, you can, I don't know, you can do something. <laughs> to be more visible that's not so difficult but as a woman the important thing is you can't hide you are always in the focus because you're the exotic part of the band and maybe you remember that we watched a video in kiki's stream by the band windrunner and that's a band from vietnam so um, all of the band members were asian um, but the drummer looked white or he was white i don't know which nationality he has and then you asked do we see the drummer a lot <laughs> do they show the drama the drama a lot in this video i was like i don't know i didn't pay attention to that but maybe we just recognize him because he looks so outstanding from the others so um i think it's just because it's something that we don't expect to see and that's why we focus more on the part that doesn't fit in the group quote unquote on fit the part that is different from the others um and yet yeah, to come to a conclusion for me um i would prefer to be able to hide and to be able to wear a dress uh, color my hair and everything like that if i want to have the attention but if i can also choose to not having the attention but as a woman or as the only woman in a band or as the only female only band at a festival you don't have the opportunity to hide you will always be in focus yes i agree with that i also want to add three things uh, before i forget i'm gonna name them <laughs> one thing is the role of the vocalist being so much front and center the other thing is women being scrutinized so differently than men and the other thing is um that we all have different personalities and should be able to show them okay so um the thing about uh yeah love hate relationship with this term but uh female fronted right so Vocalists have always been the center of attention. Why? That is a whole different question. And that is a whole different discussion. But the moment when you have a woman and it's rare, you can, you can have it in different ways, right? You can use it to your advantage and market yourself as a female-fronted band because that's, or it used to be such a rarity such such a special and exotic thing as Pia was saying, and you could use it to your advantage, right? Or um and that connects to the next to my next point. Um or it will be for mostly for for them, for the artists themselves, it will be a burden extra to carry, right? Not only do you have to be the face of the band, but you are also being looked behind a microscope. As, as we were talking about uh, in our episode with uh, Leoniente from Nuclear Blast. Um, 
And this quote was just so great to put out there on the visualizer and on the on the on the cover art for the for the podcast, right? Nobody cares about the the how figure the or the nobody cares weighs. how much the singer weighs. Yes. Nobody cares how a male singer looks. What outfit are they are they are they wearing? Are they showing skin? Do they have nice abs? I don't know. You know, <laughs> men are not sexualized that way. Men are not scrutinized that way. When we were talking to Charlie Rolfe as well about how she really, how she didn't, how she loves to wear dresses, but wouldn't do that on stage because she feels, feels looked at differently. And that is not only because she's the singer, but also because she's a woman. So there are all of these different aspects to, to your question that we, that we would have to unpack. And, and then the other thing is about the, the, the personality. And what, what Pia was also saying about being the only one in the band, that is, that, is, that is also a big factor, right? If we think about even back in the 90s, bands like Kitty, bands like Girl School, bands like Burning Witches nowadays. Yeah, all girl bands. They, again, they may use their, uh, their womanhood as an advantage and go the sex sales route. And if it's their decision and their choice, more power to them. And, or they will just be able to blend into one another and uh, maybe, you know, have a, have a, a, a unified style or look, whatever that, that, that means. And and just put it out there. I, I remember Kitty being this this raw and aggressive and 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 strong unity. And but then you know they were all equal. They there was nobody was super special. Yes, the vocalist was super special. Again, the vocalist always has the special role, but that is another topic. So I don't think it's unfair. I do agree with Pia. We are all we are all different while all, we all being the same, right? We're all human beings, but we're all human beings with different personalities, different interests, different tastes, different favorite colors, different everything, right? So if you want to stand out by dyeing your hair purple, which has been my plan for so long, no? <laughs> um, then yeah, you you should just be able to live your own your own truth. And if you want to blend in and don't want to stand out and that makes you comfortable and that makes you happy, that's also your choice. And I'm also talking about choices as if we were living in this utopic world where we are all just, you know, free to 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 Forget all of these coping mechanisms we were talking about in the beginning of the episode about uh, in how we behave on festivals and and stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's all very complicated. It's all about uh, privileges and things as well. Um, and my point was, I don't think it's unfair. No. <laughs> <laughs> How I guess it's a stupid question, but <laughs> good for <a> discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was not a stupid question. Look at how much we got to, you know, think about and analyze. Yeah, yeah, I know. It it was just it was just a question to start that discussion and analyzing thing. Yeah, and now I forgot my thought, and uh, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've come to an end. Mm -hmm. I think it was, once again, a nice uh, talk with you girls. Steffi, we have something yes. to announce. Yeah. I, I tried to, to get your attention. Yeah, we need a pause. <laughs> we want to take a break for um, yeah for the summer to getting some new energy and finding a little bit more input on all our yeah for all our episodes um generating content so to speak and just lay back enjoying summer hopefully um a little bit 
more free of uh, COVID than the last one. We will see. Um, exactly. And we will listen to you. You can listen to us, whatever, um, uh, in September. That's a plan. And yeah, we're of course looking forward to it. We're also looking forward to our holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And while we are on this on this break, you can still help us to shape the future of our podcast by filling out the survey. By filling out the survey that we made for all of you. We all want we want to hear all of your thoughts, um, what you like, what you don't like about our podcast and um this would help us a lot to decide what we will be doing next <laughs> 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 and how to and how to make this a more enjoyable podcast for all of you and for us as well and yes uh, Steffi was saying we will be enjoying a little bit of a time off and we will come back refreshed and with more power and with a lot of more topics to discuss here. That's the plan. So thank you for listening. Um, as you already noticed, this is episode number 91. So there are a lot of other episodes that you can listen to <laughs> in this break or you can re-listen to in the break. Um, yeah, we had a lot of interesting discussions, interview guests and everything in the past. So. I'd be happy to be able to talk to you, <laughs> to make you able to listen to me um, again in September. And until then, have a great summer. For today, that's it. Uh, you can follow our Madeline Hyatt podcast on Spotify and Stitcher or subscribe on Apple Podcast or yeah, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And the show notes, Kiki mentioned so many of them. Uh, you can find for this episode on metal-highheels.com slash podcast 91. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.